0: Hello everyone. Welcome to Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. So glad you joined me. We have a good lesson today, but of course I always say we have a good lesson. Uh, If this is your first time coming to the channel, we're going to be reading the Bible together. We're going to make sure we understand what we read, and we're going to make application to our lives. Uh, And for those, if if this is your first time coming, uh, I post a new video every Wednesday. We uh, actually started and we did the book of Genesis. We're now almost finished with the book of Matthew, so you got time to catch up if you just want to go back and start reviewing some of those videos on Facebook or on YouTube so you can catch up with your Bible reading. Uh, But subscribe to the channel. If you subscribe to the channel, you'll be notified whenever uh, I upload a new video. And also just remember that comments and questions are always welcome. Uh, now, last week, where we we were in Matthew chapter 27. We started Matthew chapter 27, and we read verses 1 through 26. And in in those verses, we read about how Jesus, Judas had hung himself. And we also read about the six different trials that Jesus went through. He Yes, he, Jesus had six different court appearances. I don't know how many of us realized that, but he had to appear in court six different times before six different authorities, three um The first three that he appeared before was the Jewish authorities, and the second three was before um, the Roman authorities. So um, he went through some things for us, amen. So this week, though, we're going to be on Matthew chapter 27. Again, we're going to start in verse 27, where we're going to talk about uh, how they mocked Jesus. Uh, We're going to talk about the crucifixion. And hopefully we're going to get to his last words. We want to get to that. If we don't get to it this week, then of course we'll get to it next week and talk about his burial. So let's just start with a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Holy Spirit, we honor you. We appreciate you. We ask that you would come and fill this place with your presence. Jesus, we thank you for all that you've done for us. So God, forgive us, Lord Jesus, when we've taken for granted the things that you went through for our benefit, the price that you paid for our sins. Jesus, we just thank you for the blood that you shed. We thank you for every strike that you received on our behalf, oh God. We thank you for healing us. We thank you, Father God, that you came down here to take our place, to redeem us back to you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We can't thank you enough. Lord, I just pray that you would cause us to understand, even in a deeper way, and to see more clearly all the things that Jesus has done for us. Father, we might truly appreciate how you gave your only begotten son for each one of us. We love you and we honor you. Ask you to be in our studies on today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. We don't ever want to take what Jesus did for us for granted. And I think sometimes we do. We, uh, you know, it's like, okay, Jesus died on the cross for me. But Jesus died on the cross for me. Sometimes you just need to pause and think about that. He gave his life for me. He looked down and he saw me and he gave his life for me. And so put your name in there because he gave his life for you. He gave his life for each one of us. And we just want to be, don't forget to thank him, to be grateful for all that he's done for us. Amen. Because he loves us so much. God loves us so much that he came down himself in the form of Jesus to die for us and to redeem us back to himself. Amen. Amen. So let's just get started with our reading here because we have a lot to cover. So again, we're in Matthew chapter 27. I'm reading from the uh, New Living Translation and we're going to start with verse 27. So it says some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire regiment. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and they wove uh, thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. Now, we, we stopped uh, last week with verse 26. And at this point, um, Pilate has, has already beaten Jesus um, and then the soldiers led him out so that they can have some fun with him before they take him to be crucified. So this is what we're reading about. Verse 29, they wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head and they placed a reed or a stick in his right hand as a scepter. And then they knelt before him in mockery and taunted. Hail, King of the Jews. They spit on him and grabbed the stick and struck him on the head with it. And when they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. So let's just pause right there for a minute. I'm just want to look at some of the notes that I dropped down, jotted down. Uh, <clears throat> and we talked a little bit about this uh, last week about how uh, they were going to be mocking him. And this was the entire regiment. This was an an entire regiment. And when you look in the manners and customs of the Bible, uh, an entire regiment could consist of 300 to 1,000 soldiers. So somewhere in there, that amount of soldiers, you know, it's probably at least 300, uh, but could have been 1,000. And they just just put Jesus in the middle and they just thought they was going to have some fun with him. Uh, They stripped him. They put a robe on him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. Um, they gave him a stick and said it was his scepter. Uh, they hit him over the head with that same stick. They mocked him. Uh, uh, one of the translations said they blindfolded him. And when they blindfolded him, they would hit him and, and, and cry out and tell him, okay, now who hit you prophesy who hit you. So they was doing all this to our Lord and savior and he submitted to it. Because don't forget, he could have called thousands of angels to rescue him, but he died for you and me. He endured this. So let's read in verse 32. Verse 32, it says about the crucifixion. Along the way, they came across a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene. And the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. And they went out to a place called Galgatha, which means the place of the skull. Now this sign of Cyrene, uh, most of the translations say he was from Africa. He was a black man. And remember, there's a lot of people that's coming to Jerusalem because it's the time of the Passover. And so you have a lot of people from outside coming, thousands of people that's gonna to come to Jerusalem for this feast. They had to come, the Jews had to come here three times a year to celebrate a feast. And this was the Feast of Passover. So this Simon of Cyrene was probably a Jew, and the Roman soldiers had the authority to force people to do what they wanted to do because they were in authority. The Romans controlled the country, so they uh, forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Verse thirty-four: The soldiers gave Jesus wine mixed with bitter gall, but when he tasted it, he refused to drink it. After they had nailed him to the cross. The soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Then they sat around and kept guard as he hung there. A sign was fastened above his head, announcing the charge against him. And it read, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Another translation said, this is Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Two of the revolutionaries or criminals, it says here, this translates to revolutionaries, but other translations says two of the criminals, were crucified with two other criminals, crucified with him. One was on his right hand. The other was on his left hand. Verse 39. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Look at at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, if you are the son of God, save yourself and come down from that cross the leading priests and the teachers of religious law and the elders also mocked him. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. So he is the king of Israel, is he? Let him come down from the cross right now and then we will believe in him. He trusted in God, so let God rescue him. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I'm the son of God. Even the revolutionaries or the criminals who were crucified with him, ridiculed him and uh, in the same way. And what with, with, I do want to read about the ridiculing of him. That's in Luke, how the criminals ridiculed him. In Luke chapter 23, we're going to go turn there right quick. Chapter 23, verse 39. It says, one of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed so you're the messiah are you prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it so this is one of the criminals that that's jogging everybody is poking fun at him this criminal says you know save us and save save yourself and save us too while you're at it but the other criminal protested so you got two criminals one is one is mocking him the other one protested and he said don't you fear god Even when you have been sentenced to die. So in other words, he said, you're about to die. Don't you have, you know, don't you have any fear of God? We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, he turned to Jesus. This this criminal turned to Jesus and he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's faith right there. Right there, when he said those words, Jesus, remember, God looks on the heart. Jesus knew in this man's heart, this man had just uh, received his faith. This man had just started, he believed in Jesus. And according to his faith, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Because even though he was a criminal, even though he had done wrong, now he's recognizing who Jesus is. And, he's, and he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And look at Jesus' reply, verse 43. I'm in Luke chapter 23, 23, verse 43. Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. Now, he didn't say, uh, one day you're going to be with me, or at some time you're going to be with me. I want you to pay attention to, to the wording here. He said, today you're going to be with me in paradise. So, I mean, that should give us comfort for our loved ones that have gone on before. Because if he took this thief, uh, this criminal with him to paradise, imagine where your loved one is who loved Jesus, who gave their heart to the Lord, who lived for Jesus all their life until the day that they they died. And whether they were perfect or not, if if they said once in their heart, Father, forgive me of my sins, Jesus, come into my heart, be my Lord and Savior. You can believe they're with him right now. Amen. That's just comforting, especially for me. I've lost a couple of sisters in the past, uh, in a year's time. And it just gives me comfort to know that, uh, they're with Jesus, that they, they asked for Christ to come into their heart. And I just believe both of them are in his arms right now. Amen. Amen. So let's go to go back to Matthew chapter 27. and so talking about the crucifixion now let's just talk about that for a little bit we talked about simon of cyrene who was a a black man from africa that was forced to carry the uh the cross remember because the roman soldiers were that it's like a police officer telling you uh get over here and do this you know they had they had that authority so they forced him to carry jesus cross and they probably had to force him to carry jesus cross because they jesus had been beat so terribly he had been flogged so terribly we talked about that a little bit last week that uh, oftentimes, people did not make it past the beating uh, when they were flogged. When they were beat that way, they didn't make it to the cross because uh, you're beat so so badly that you don't even have the strength to even stand up. And and when they they hit those hit them with the the whip that had metal pieces on the end of the whip, that the that that whip would tear into their skin, cut their skin open. Sometimes it, it revealed their organs and all kind of stuff. So it, so, Jesus was probably too weak to even carry his own cross. Uh, so, that's why they had to have this man help him to carry his cross. So, they carried his cross up to Golgotha, which is called the place of the skull. And now, Jesus was crucified at 9 o'clock. And, and you can look at Matthew chapter 25, verse, I mean, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 15, verse 25 tells us it was 9 a.m. on Friday morning when they crucified him. So as he's on the cross, they also uh, want to give him, well, they offered to give him uh, vinegar to drink and he refused to drink it. And you're going to see they're going to offer to give him that uh, that uh, vinegar again. And when you look at that vinegar, vinegar here is the same as uh, sour wine. So they're going to be offering him sour wine that's mixed with myrrh. Myrrh was like a plant that they use to dull pain, so he's gonna. They're gonna offer that to him again to try and dull his pain. Uh, let's see here. So and so he's on the cross. Why he's on the cross? They're dividing. Uh, they divided his clothes. You know, they decided who was gonna get what. I guess they wanted souvenirs, and this was prophesied in Psalms chapter twenty-two verse eighteen. In Psalms, which was written a 1,000 years, at least before Jesus ever came on the scene, it said that they were going to uh, gamble for his clothing. And then uh, the sign that he had, uh, this is Jesus Nazareth, King of the Jews. I think we talked about that last week as well, that uh, Pilate had put the sign, because when they crucify you, they're supposed to put what your crime is above your head. And the and what they had above his uh cross was Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Well, the Jews didn't like that, and they said, No, can you just take that down and don't put that up there? We want you to put on there, uh, he said he was king of the Jews, and it doesn't tell us that here, but it tells us that in one of the other gospels that uh, they wanted um they wanted Pilate to take the sign down to change it and say this he said he's king, not that he's king of the Jews. So, I, But Pilate said, what I've written is going to stay just the way I said it. Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Amen. Because uh, that's who he was. So, um, we talked about the thieves that mocked him. And the one that said he was going to be with him in paradise. Oh, and also... Um, Well let's go back a little bit because from now he was crucified at 9 a.m. And we're gonna see how from 12 noon until 3 p.m. the earth is gonna become completely black and dark. And then we're gonna see how at uh 3 p.m. Jesus is gonna say his last words and he's going to he's going to give up the give up his spirit and die. So there was a song that we used to sing and I just wanted to stop singing that because uh, I, I think I was guilty of singing it as well. But we used to sing this song that uh, he hung there all night long. Okay, let me just, just a small little correction. He did not hang on the cross all night long. Jesus was crucified at nine o'clock in the morning and he died and, and gave his last breath at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And they actually had to get him off the cross before uh, before the end of Friday because his Sabbath day was coming. So I'm getting ahead of myself, but, but he did not hang on the cross all night long. So let's, let's not sing that song anymore because he did not hang on the cross all night long. He was on the cross from 9 a.m. in the morning, and it, he was on the cross for six hours. So 9 a.m. in the morning, and then he uh, finally died after hanging there for six hours at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Okay, all right. So um, let's go a little bit further here. Lost my place here. Okay, let's go to verse uh, 45. So at noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Now, this is what we were just talking about. And about 3 o'clock, this is 3 o'clock p.m., Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lima, sapak which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Okay, and we just need to pause there for a minute because remember, Jesus is taking on our sin. And he's feeling abandoned by God because God cannot look upon sin and since he's taken all of our punishment all of our guilt for a brief time God is going to have to turn his face away from him he's going to resurrect him God's not going to leave his son in hell but he is uh had to allow him to take the punishment of our sin and Jesus would not have said my God my God why have you forsaken me if he didn't feel forsaken if he didn't feel abandoned, because for just that brief moment, the agony he must've felt for just that brief moment, there was gonna have to be a separation between him and his father, because he took our place, literally took our place, took our punishment, took on our guilt. And there's a scripture that said, "Curses everyone that hangs on a tree. So he became the curse for us, that he might take away the curse so that we would no longer be cursed. Isn't he awesome? Verse 47, so some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling, out, calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. But the rest said, wait, let's see whether or not Elijah is gonna come and save him. So he was not saying calling Elijah's name, but when he said Eli, Eli, they thought he was saying Elijah. But if he was saying, my God, my God. Verse 50. Then Jesus shouted out again and released his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. You know, I, it's it, that is so significant. I'm telling you there we can spend a lot of time on almost each one of these things we could you could preach a sermon on each one but just let me just say that the significance of that curtain being torn from the top to the bottom and it was a thick curtain it was a heavy curtain so no man could have torn it the the curtain was split from the top to the bottom and what that signified for us uh and and what this curtain is talking about there was um uh the court at the temple, there's a temple that, it had three places. It had the outer court where you had the uh the brazen altar and the laver. Then you had the holy place where you had the showbread and the candlestick uh and the ark of the covenant and then you had the um you had the holy of holies where you had the other piece of furniture the mercy the mercy seat. Now don't let me get it wrong, but you had another piece of furniture there with the with the uh uh angels on top of there, the uh, cherubim angels on top of there, but no one could go into the Holy of Holies. uh, But once a year the priest went there. So there was a veil that was covering the Holy of Holies and no one could go in there, but that veil was rent from the top to the bottom, opening up a passageway saying, now you can have direct access to God the Father, hallelujah. He op- Jesus opened the way for us to be able to get on our knees and pray to him every day. This is what Jesus did for us. Jesus opened the way for us to have that relationship with God again, like we had in the garden where, where Adam and Eve used to walk and talk with him before they sinned. Well, now think about it. As a child of the king, you can walk and talk with him again, which that had been torn away from us with the sin of Adam and Eve. Jesus came and made all that possible again for us to be able to walk and talk and have communion with him, to have fellowship with him, to get to know him, to get close to him. All that because of what Jesus did, the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So the curtain was rent from the top to the bottom. The earth shook. So there's the earthquake. Rocks split apart. This is all when Jesus died. And tombs opened. And the bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. So all this is happening. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. So I don't even know they had testimony of this. People testified this, so this wasn't just the same. This actually happened. Then the Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened, and they said, This man truly was the Son of God. Verse 55 And many women who had come from Galilee with Jesus to care for him were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee. So, you know, so take note as well that you have these faithful women, and I know oftentimes they don't mention the women in the Bible, but women are faithful. These women were faithful. They had followed him all the way from Galilee because that's where Jesus' uh, ministry first started. It was like up here in Galilee. Now he's down here in Jerusalem. But they had followed him from Galilee to Jerusalem. And they were very faithful. They were taking care of him. Uh, I'm sure they helped to cook the meals and all of that, but they were faithful to Jesus. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about some of the notes I have here. So there was three hours of darkness from the sixth hour, which was 12 o'clock noon until three o'clock PM. Okay. So just want to make sure we got the timeline. Jesus was crucified at nine o'clock in the morning. Okay. So then you got all of the the, um, people walking past while he's on this cross, mocking him, making fun of him. He had the conversation uh, with the, uh, with the thieves. He also had a conversation with John during this time. Uh, telling him, behold his mother. And we're going to get into some of those last words of Jesus. But he asked John to take care of his mother. Um, So we have, um, he also said here, uh, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's one of the first things he said. And we're going to go back over some of the words that he said. But he had a lot to say on the cross. But then, so that was from uh, 9, to 12, where all this other other things were happening and where he made a couple of statements. But then at 12 noon, everything went dark. And that's when Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because he felt forsaken. Jesus became sin for us. So for a brief brief period of time, as we said before, he felt separation from God. So then in verse 47 to 49, we we talked about how some thought he was calling out for Elijah's name, but he was not. He was calling on his God. In verse 50, Jesus cried out a final time, saying, it is finished. And then he died. So before he died, let's just, What's really quick, I'm just gonna say because Thompson Chain reference, this I know this Bible is pretty rough, but this is one of my first Bibles. It's like oh it's like gold. I bought it when I got it when I was 14 and it's falling apart. But this Bible, the Thompson Chain Reference, is an excellent study Bible. Uh so really quick, uh the first time, one of the first things Jesus said when he was on the cross was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then you had all the passerbys uh, mocking him and telling him to come down off the cross. You save others, you can't save yourself and all that. Uh, then Jesus said to the thief, you know, he had the thieves that was mocking him. And he told the thief, he said, today you're going to be with me in paradise. That was the second thing he said. Then the third thing he said was to John to take care of his mother. Woman, behold thy thy, uh, son, son, behold thy mother. And from that day forward, John began to take care of his mother. Now, Jesus had brothers and sisters, so I'm not sure why John had to step in there. I guess it's something that God had to give us revelation for later on, but uh, John was gonna take care of his mother. So that was the third thing he said. The fourth thing he said was, uh, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, my God, my God, why is thou forsaken me? This is after, remember it got dark at 12 noon? And it was dark until 3 p.m., and that's when he said, "God, why have you forsaken me?" Here, the fifth thing he said was, "I thirst." The sixth thing he said was, "It is finished." And the final thing he says is, "Father, into Thy hand I commend my spirit." And with that, he um, he gave up his, gave up his spirit, and he died. So this is what our Savior did. Us and we're running out of time, so we're gonna finish up next week. But just remember, I just want you to pause and think about and read over some of those scriptures again about how Jesus died for you and I, how he gave up his life, how God gave his only begotten son for us. Let's please, please, please recognize how much he loves us and don't let Jesus have died in vain, but receive the love that he has for you, receive all that he has for us. And how do we receive it? Just by saying, Father, forgive me for my sins. Lord Jesus, I want to be like you. Cleanse me. Make me over again. Amen. And he'll do that. If we ask him to, he'll do that. And he's just right there, just waiting with open arms for us to come to him. So if you have not come to him, please come to him before it's too late. There's a uh, video on my on my channel. Uh channel reading through the Bible, Elder Linda. There's a playlist. With two videos, the sinner's prayer and the other one is about teaching about salvation. So if you don't understand why you need Jesus, if you would review those videos, I break it down. The first one, just explain it to you, not scriptures. uh, With the sinner's prayer and then the second video, teaching about salvation, I give you all the scriptures about our salvation. So please go on that channel so you can learn why you need Jesus so that he can be coming to your heart before it's too late. Amen. Because Jesus loves you with an everlasting love. And he's calling for you even today. Amen. Amen. So God bless you. We're going to close with that. Let's just say a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us. Thank you that you died on the cross. We thank you again, oh Lord. Don't let us take it for granted. Ever keep it before our face. The price that you paid for us. Father, we're careful to give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you and I'll see you next week.